Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket and this week it's uh, Analyst Inside Cricket with a difference because we're going to be selecting England's best one day team of all time from a vast list of brilliant players obviously in the light of England's fantastic performance breeding the Australians 5-0 with that excellent win on Sunday at Old Trafford. With me to select that team is of course Simon Mann and our special guest today John Embry the President of Middlesex, what a title! Yeah, thank you, Simon. Um, yeah, one that I've been doing for two years and um, look forward to to doing it. Um, You're not... Gives me an opportunity to watch a watch a bit of cricket um, and have to watch a bit of cricket, but also do a lot of talking. Do, do you have to mind your p's and q's as a president? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different from the dressing room, um, particularly with you in it. <laughs> yes, quite. Yeah, because I used to wind him up quite a bit. Actually, that's what he you used means. to wind everyone up, didn't you? Well, yeah. I, I think he he wanted me as far away as possible, and now he's very close to me. Unfortunately, I wanted but... to be as far away from your kit as possible. <laughs> I'll try not to actually damage anything in your your house today. We're, we're actually sat in his in his lovely garden in, in West London. So, uh, if you hear a bit of bird noise, that's the reason. Now, Simon, you were at that amazing match on Sunday, and uh, it was a, a, in a way it was what you wanted to see because you've been saying that England haven't necessarily performed on those one-off games yeah. that well. They lost to Scotland. They lost to obviously Pakistan in the Champions semi-final last year, the Champions Rugby semi-final. So this was a sort of decider in a way, even though they'd already won the series. And they didn't perform that well, but they won in the end. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point. It, it did feel like a one-off game, if you can have a one-off game in a five-match series, because England were desperate to win the series 5-0. The first time they'd ever done that against Australia. Jimmy Anderson was on Test Match Special, and he was saying, they've done us 5-0 enough. We, you know, if I were in that dressing room, I'd really want to 
pay, you know, give us some payback and, and win 5 0. And it looked as if that was really in doubt when England were eight down. In fact, it looked as if the game was almost over. I, I think there must be. I mean, John, you, must, as former cricketers, must you recognise the fact that when you win a game that you don't really deserve to win or you don't look as if you're going to win, that must feel extra special. I think Josh Butler made that point afterwards. What was the best um, one day result you had against the Aussies? Can you remember? Oh, probably in Australia, having won the World Series matches. We beat, well, that was 86-7. Um, we, we beat Australia in 86-87 in the final, and we also got into the final in 79-80 as well. Um, and I think we beat the Australians, uh, we beat the West Indies to qualify, and we played the Australians there, and we, we beat them there with, with not, I wouldn't say, a, a great one-day side. You wouldn't call Mike Brilliant boycott opening the batting a great <laughs> one-day side, would you, compared to what you see and how you see the players perform now um, attacking the ball but what is great and what was great about the performance on Sunday um, and watching Josh Butler bat is the resilience of the current England side um, and the individuals because I think they are a team of individuals that do enjoy each other's success individually so it's not just about them it's about other players in the side performing and doing well um, but more importantly winning games of cricket you know it's funny because they, there's that old cliche, you know, team spirit is an illusion you only glimpse when you win. It was Steve Archibald who said that, the Spurs footballer. And actually, you know, going back to Middlesex in the 1980s, it was a real disparate mix of characters, but it gelled under two, two different captains and, in a way, winning kind of unified the team. And I wonder whether... You know, Middlesex could have unravelled if we hadn't played well because of the different characters, and I, I wonder whether England would now. I mean, they are quite different personalities, but winning obviously brings them all together. Yeah, I think I think what's difficult about that we, in in that Middlesex side of the late seventies throughout the eighties, it wasn't a side that were close. They didn't socialise. We didn't socialise mm. socially at the end of the game. We might have a beer in the in the pub afterwards. But after that, you know, there are very few dinner parties where, where, where people players get invited around, um, that sort of thing. People there might too be too tight to invite anyone around <laughs> anyway. Well I mean I mean there there'd be little cliques of yeah. sort of people that would yeah. say Barlow, Downton, yeah. myself, um, a little bit later Angus Fraser would invite people around and I, I think that very much comes very much from the the captain. Mm. Um, there's quite a few captains that organise barbecues or get the team together at some stage during the season. And, and Gat did that a couple of times, although he needed a little bit of prompting occasionally to do it. Well, get um, the captain's but I think expe- that was very important. Yeah, I mean, they get the captain's expenses, captains. Well, we never got, we never <laughs> saw it off Gat, did we? But I must say well, he was, he was generous. It, but we didn't other- see all of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Well, anyway, we can, uh, we can reminisce and reminisce. But let's talk about uh, the, the modern team and how many of this all-conquering England one-day side will make it into our all-time one-day 11. Now, the criteria here, by the way, is just to say that it's not what their strike rates are uh, because, obviously, eras are different and people in the 1970s and 1980s might have only, only had a strike rate of 60 or 70. So we're going to assume that players, if we pick them from earlier eras, could adapt to the modern game. Mm. We're looking for class, we're looking for dominance, we're looking for an ability to win matches in their era, in the same way as Bradman, no doubt, if he played test cricket in the modern era, would would perform incredibly well. well. Well, also the point, Simon, is that England teams of the past made it to World Cup finals. This England team haven't made it to a World Cup final. And actually last summer they had a chance to get to the Champions Trophy final and they didn't. They blew it against 
Pakistan. So although they're probably the most exciting England one-day team that, that's ever played, and they're very watchable, at the moment they haven't achieved very much. True. Uh, they've obviously got the opportunity in about 12 months' time. Mm. So we'd also like you, the listeners, to engage in this. So when you've heard the podcast, we'd love it if you would send in your England all-time one-day international side. You can send that to, say, me on Twitter at The Analyst or Simon at cricket underscore man. So either of those two Twitter accounts, send in your best England one-day team. Where do we start? Well, obviously, number one. And I've got, as my number one, Marcus Truscothic, who made 12 one-day hundreds. I like the fact he's left-handed. He had an exceptional strike rate, uh, which, you know, in his era, which is obviously, you know, 10, 15 years ago, was around about 85, and he was a very dominant player uh, who was very hard to bowl at. I, I thought the way he, he really took apart the attack in the early overs, the power play overs when there was only two men back, he did it effortlessly without really trying to play outrageous shots. So for me, he's number one. What about you, Simon? Well, he's one of my openers, definitely. Yeah, Marcus Ruscothic for me, I'm not going to argue with that. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> what about you, Embers? He, well, well I am. You are going to I am going to argue with that. OK, good. Because I've, I've got down as number one Graham Gooch, not because he's my best buddy. It's just Yes, that, of course it's because he's your best buddy. No, it's just because I believe that on all types of pitches that you play on, not just flat wickets where you can actually hit through the line and, and score runs, but I think on pitches that, that move around and seam around and swing around, he's a good player that adapts to the conditions... Um, and can still win matches in those situations. He did it in county cricket, he did it in tests and also in one-day cricket. And, and I would definitely put him in, into that side at the top of the order. And he also gives you an option of bowling a few overs as well. What about you for Gooch, then? What's your view on that? You, well, I mean, I had him, funnily enough, I've got him here, and I've crossed him off and put <laughs> Triscothic in, just because I felt the left-handedness of Triscothic and his natural ability to hit boundaries early in the innings. And I totally hear what you say about Gooch's adaptability, but modern one-day pitches are so flat, I'm not sure whether the, adva- the ability to n- negotiate the ball in difficult conditions is that relevant. I've got him in my team, but I haven't, I've cheated in the way that England cheat at the moment with Hales, Roy and, and Best at the top of the order. I've got him in my top three, but I don't necessarily have him in my, my opener. Yeah, definitely. Graham Gooch for me, definitely. OK, and what about your number two? Uh, Bairstow. Yeah, I've got Bairstow. I've got Bairstow. Right. For, for similar reasons, in, in that he's got the ability to, to play mm. and he can play an orthodox innings, but it took him a long while to get into or to establish himself um, and to prove himself to Owen Morgan, I think, as captain of England, and also the selectors, that he was actually good enough at one-day cricket and would score runs at a good enough rate um, to warrant a place in the side. But since he's got into the side, his strike rate per 100 balls is as good as anyone's. Mm. And in the recent series, his strike rate is at 133, mm. which is a lot more than Roy and Howes, mm. who you see as being players that, that would smash it around... Mm. More than Bairstow. Mm. So Bairstow is in my side because I think he would be a player that could adapt when the ball moves around a little bit more off the pitch and through the air. Mm. And uh, actually, the, the thing about Bairstow is he plays orthodox shots, yeah. doesn't he? An incredible ability to just hit 
a, a good length ball back past the bowler or through the covers or just a slightly short ball, pull it away without much risk. He doesn't seem to play anything that outrageous until obviously the spinners come on and then he just pumps it over the top. But generally, he's playing quite conventional shots a lot of the time. So I think that's why we all like him. And his record, you know, 600s in 48 games, is it's pretty good, that. Mm. And he's averaging 51. So whereas the Roy and Hales players are you know, bludgeoners of the ball and they obviously have had a fantastic record. You just fancy bowling at them a little bit. I mean if the ball does anything you, you sort of fancy if you can them. get them out. I think that's the key thing. Um, if if I was playing England mm. um, and you're, you're in Australia or New Zealand or South African or West Indian, I'd, I'd get pitches that, that are a little bit green and are going to nip around a little bit and knock over because the danger the, the danger um, probably not the word I want the dangerous players in the England side they're going to take a game away from you our top three in, in the current team but I've, I've got issues on their technique not Bairstow but Howes and, and Roy on, on, on technique against the moving ball and if, if, if they play overseas I would, I would prepare wickets at home to try and um, counter the ability but you've got, got the match you've winning. got one of them in your top three though You've got Roy and Hales well, to open I, with Bearstow and Gooch at three. Yeah, I've got Gooch at three there. Okay. Um, and open with um, Roy and Bearstow. So you don't mind the fact that Roy and Hales are sort of technically suspect. You'd still gamble with one of them with Bearstow and Gooch as your sort of bankers at two and three. Yeah. Okay. And what about you, Phil? Well, I've gone to Scothic, Bearstow, Gooch as my top three. And uh, yes. you, I mean, you could have Scothic and Gooch opening and Bearstow at number three. You probably might just lose something if you, if you took. Bairstow down the order one. I mean, he could bat in the middle order. He's good enough to bat in the middle order. And he has done so for England in the past. One, one thing, a point I'd make about Shoscothic is that he, you know, players from the past, he is one player, I think, who would actually relish playing, really relish playing in the modern era. I mean, he played the way they play in the modern era in, in his era, it, albeit in a slightly more limited, constrained way. I think he'd relish playing now. He'd love the freedom, and, and that's the way he plays. So two votes for Shoscothic, yeah. uh, three votes for Bairstow, and then a, a, a sort of dispute between Gooch. You've got your Gooch at number three, Embers. You've got Gooch in the opening pair, Simon. And I've got Root at number three, actually. Yeah. So I, I just like Root's sort of dexterity, the way he can play different innings. He's not a slogger, clearly. He's been found out on that line. But they don't need anybody who can belt sixes. They need someone who can stay in and just rotate the strike. So I like the way that Root plays in a very calm sort of almost taking the sting out of the bowling and still picking up runs quite fluently, just as a sort of little dynamo in the team, a foil for the other big hitters. But, you know, I can totally see the arguments for Gooch at number three as well. I've got Root at four. I mean, he's got okay, to be... So in, you've got Root yeah, in. I've got Root yeah. in the team. He's got, to be in, he's got to be in the side. He's one of England's most successful one-day players of all time. His strike rate is excellent. His average is excellent. And he can calm things down if things are going wrong around him. I agree with you. He's not a slogger. But mm. he's a class player, and I, he's in my side. Yeah, he's, he's he's his he, head doesn't, head. he doesn't make my side at no, all. No. Um, and, and purely for those reasons, in terms of he can play, he can work the ball around. Um, but I think, the, I think the game may have even gone ahead of route now in the way that it's going. In 50-over <clears> cricket? I can see that in 2020 cricket. I just think that I think with, 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 when you're picking a side, and, and you've got to pick that, you're picking a balance of the side... To me, that the, the lower order in who you're going to possibly have as your all-rounders is going to counterbalance who I'm going to have at the top of the order. Mm. So I may not have a route. I might continue on the route of wanting route on the route. But 
continue on the um, in selection of continuing the theme of, of, of being positive mm. because I, th- there are players there in, in the team that I've got that can also play and um, mm. Gooch is one of them coming in at number three say um, but I haven't got Root mm. at four I've got Alan Lamb mm. right. at four who I think is a tremendous one day player mm. um, again a match winning player great striker of the ball timer of the ball and I go back to Australia in 86 um, in that one day international at Sydney yeah, when we required yeah. 18 runs, Bruce Reed bowling the last over the innings and Alan Lamb scoring 2-4, 6-2-4 to win the game. Mm. Um, it was an incredible knock. But and, you Alan know, Lamb eight, had the ability to do it. 18 off the over now would almost seem, well, they do that sort of five times out of ten. But in those days, 30 years ago, it was unheard of to yeah, get 18. Yeah. Even 10 off an over was quite tough, actually, at the end. Yeah. But 18 off and over was unique. Yeah, and I just, I just think Lammy is just a beautiful timer of the ball as well. Um, very positive in his, his, his attitude. Um, so I don't go Root, I go Alan Lamb. Mm. OK, well, that's, that's an interesting observation. Root, of course, can offer you something with the ball as well, depending on who you've got in your side as a, as a bowler, mm. you know, how, how that balances out. Well, we'll see how that goes as, as we <laughs> make, the, make the progression through the 11. Right, well, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works at number four because I'm going to go for KP. Uh, Peterson, and, uh, you know, much as I, I dislike him as a character, he's a brilliant batsman and he took attacks apart and he was a, a complete groundbreaker in many of the shots that he played and I could see him in any era being an innovator ahead of the game, not always the easiest person to manage, but a, an incredible match winner. I, I would just have him as one of my bankers, uh, someone who can win a match on his own. You haven't got Peterson. I have got Peterson. You have? I've got him at number five. Well, these people are sliding down the order. In your, your, <laughs> I don't think you've got any room for any bowlers. Well, I, Peterson I, I, number five. Th- there, are, there might be some compromises coming up. But it's, it, there's some really tricky selection issues. I mean, you might argue, I'm just looking at my side, I mean, I'm, you might argue that it's Gooch versus Root. For a for a place, okay. um, depending on how you fill your side with the all rounders that England have, have produced, we, we know the names. They'll be they'll be coming up fairly soon. But yeah, Peterson's in my team. Okay, and what about yours? No. Well, I mean, I I didn't have him in because I didn't even think about him to be honest with you. But when I saw your little list there and you got Peterson down, you've added well, it in how, secretly, have you? Well, how can you leave Peterson out? <laughs> well, really, because he's such a match winner, mm. um, a, a, a big match player. Um, you know, and for the same reason, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of his as an individual, but I think as, as, as a cricketer, I think he was, he was phenomenal. And, and not to have him in your one-day side um, is, is wrong. And although I got Lamb at four, I'd probably put Peterson at four and Lamb at five. OK. Which means you've got to leave out someone out of your team, then. Well, I originally had Morgan, because I've yeah. got to find a captain. Yes. And I think Morgan, to me, has actually made this side work. Um, it was him when they came back from Australia three years ago after that disaster out there in the World Cup that um, he came back and, and, and spoke to, I think, Andrew Strauss and, and said, look, we're not going to win competitions by scoring 250, 260 runs. We've got to pick players that score runs that are runnable. Um, Strauss agreed with that. They went to the selectors. Um, and the next moment, all of a sudden, we're, we're picking more players that are more suited to the 2020 format and taking that forward into the 50-over game. And... From that moment on, when we when we saw the team play against New Zealand, we were getting three hundreds and we got a four hundred in that in that one day series against New Zealand, and, and and Morgan was a vital part of that change to me. Otherwise, we would have meandered along the same way we were going. Um, 
but he might have to be the one who sacrificed so, to get yeah, to get yeah. Peterson in that side in the in the in the top five. Okay, so you, you're Peterson or Morgan at number five, but sort of favouring Peterson at yeah. four and Lamb at five. What about you, Simon? Well, well, just just I just go back to Root and Peterson. Actually, if you look at Root versus Peterson, Root has actually got a higher strike, a marginally higher strike rate than Peterson. He's got two more hundreds than Peterson. He averages uh, seven yeah, and a half points better than Peterson in fewer games. So he's, he's actually, his one-day record is actually better than Peterson's. Um, but you could, you could argue you know, slightly different eras. The game is played in a, in a slightly different way. It was the point you made at the start. You have to sort of think of the player in the era in which they played. But, well, at the moment, I mean, I'm open to suggestion. I've got Truscothic, Besto, Gooch, Root, Peterson as my number five. top five. I don't have Morgan in my side. I mean, I, can, I totally take John's point completely. Mm. Mm. Um, but I just feel the competition is too tough mm. for, for England's leading run scorer ever in one-day international cricket to get into the team. Well, I agree with you, actually. and I, I love Owen Morgan and all he's done as well. But I do feel that there is a fallibility there as a batsman and that generally I want someone who's a bit more consistent and digs you out of trouble more often. And so, actually, I've gone for Paul Collingwood at number five. He's my captain. (laughs) And I know his record, sort of average-wise, isn't that great, but he's got a huge number of runs. He's made those runs in all sorts of different circumstances. He gives you a bowling option. And I particularly like, A, his fielding, He's an absolute gun fielder, and you want someone at backward point who's going to pull off runouts and brilliant catches, which obviously he does. But I also like his energy and his optimism and just the kind of spirit that he brings to a team as well. He just he's he's got fantastic enthusiasm. So I, I admit that he probably isn't as good as a cricketer as some of these other guys who are you know maxi talented, uber talented. But Collingwood for his sort of multi-purposeness, I would. I would go for him at number five. Well, 197 one-day internationals. He's in the the top ten for wickets taken for England in one-dayers. And he is in the top three for runs scored. And he's a brilliant fielder. And he's my captain. Yeah. But so, if you play 197 yeah. one-day internationals, then you're going to be in the top ten at most. But, well, but, but you've, got to, you've got to be a good player to be picked for 197 uh, yeah. games. No, absolutely. And, and, and to be honest, I didn't have Collingwood in my side. But I, I, all of a sudden, when the name came up, you would have to yeah. consider him as, as an all-rounder, as, 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 a, as a sixth bowler, as your little mm. safety valve or mm. something within your side. So I haven't got him in my side. Mm-hmm. Um, you have him in your squad. I certainly have him in my squad, and it depends how big the squad is. Twenty-three, <laughs> is it? <laughs> is it well, if I'm if you're looking at twelve, thirteen players to, yeah. to 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 win a World Cup or whatever, then he'd be definitely in the squad. Right, no, we, no, we'll no, just no. we'll finish this section of the show just by uh, going on to our number six, and I reckon there'll be universal agreement on this because he's the star of the moment, Joss Butler. Uh, I've got him at six. I've got you, him at six as well. Yeah, um, I think he's been quite astonishing. The way that he plays, the way he changes the game, and I think the innings that he played on Sunday um, showed a lot of character um, to, to develop partnerships and, and, and bat, and, and a little bit out of tempo than he would normally mm. um, bat. But I think he adds he adds a lot to the side as well. Um, it's big, big sixes can change a game, you know, in, in in several overs. So he would be my number six. And you? Yeah, my number six as well. It's his calmness as well, isn't it? It's this sort of icy uh, ability to to just dissect a bowling attack with apparent nonchalance. Well, on Sunday it was broiling hot in Old Trafford and he seemed to be the coolest man in the ground. He's got ice flowing through his veins. 
just brutal, almost like a, an assassin's approach to batting. And he, and he makes hitting sixes look completely mm. effortless, and he's got that 360-degree range. Nobody knows where to set a field to him. He's obviously very high on confidence. And the other thing about him, of course, is he's got that thing on top of his bat, which I can't say on a family <laughs> show, but you would approve of, because it's that favourite word of yours. begins with an F. It says... Okay. On top of his back, <laughs> and uh, so you, Embers would, would would agree with that. A, a man with Tourette syndrome. Anyway, that's our top six. Then, so we haven't got, we've got universal. We've got some debate there, haven't we? we? We've got some debate. Uh, some votes for for Morgan, uh, for Collingwood. Uh, Collingwood's in my squad. I don't think he necessarily makes the final cut in my team. Well, I'd I'd, I'd have to take Morgan out of my side in that respect. I'd overlook Peterson, mm. and to me. Peterson has to play, yeah. mm. um, and and you've got to drop someone. And I know that Morgan has has, has done a lot to, to 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 the way we've we play our cricket now. But for the reasons that you said, Simon, there is a bit of inconsistent way that he plays. He, he he can finish matches, but he doesn't finish them in the way that he did when he first came into the England side. So there's universal agreement on Bearstow yep. and universal agreement on Butler, obviously, yep. and I think on Peterson. And then uh, a bit of conjecture over... Well, Root, you've got Root in your team, Simon, but, but Embers hasn't. Uh, he's got Lamb and uh, Gooch, obviously, makes two of your sides, but not mine. I mean, I feel very bad about leaving Graham Gooch out, but I suppose there are just so many other gun players. I'd have Gooch, obviously, as number one in my test team, but in my one-day side, I want to give someone else a chance. And two of us have got Triscothic, is that right? Yeah. And only one. Uh, uh, sorry, you, you haven't gone for Triscothic, no, have you? No, no, you no, haven't, no. So. no. Okay, well, so, you know, some interesting debate there. So, uh, weigh that up. Uh, We're just going to take a short break and afterwards we'll reveal who our bowlers are. Welcome back. Uh, We're discussing England's best ever one day 11. We're picking it, you you could say, Simon Mann, John Embry, and I. And so far, we've got what we think is a consensus for a top six, which is Marcus Truscothic and Johnny Bairstow to open, Graham Gooch at three, Joe Root at four, Kevin Peterson at five, and Joss Butler universally selected at number six. One or two bits of dispute about those names, but I think that's the consensus. But I think the problem now is going to be how we fit <laughs> five bowlers into this and a couple of all-rounders as well, yeah. because there's a lot of candidates and not too many standouts, in a way. Well, let me give you three all-rounders. Stokes, Botham, Flintoff. Yeah. Do they all play? Do two of them play? Does only one of them play? It, seems, it would be ridiculous, it would seem, to say only one of them plays. Um, I would say at least two, two of them two have, got to play. have to play. What do you think, John? I, I, to me, you've got to play both of them. You've got to play both of them. Um, hmm. Purely because of he was doing things 20 years ahead of the time. Um, and he's also flexible that he didn't just bat number six um, in one day size that I played in. He, we often opened with him in some tournaments as well at the top of the order with restrictions on field placings, etc. And we would put him up there to, to blast away. And hopefully if he got 60 or 70, he would score them very quickly and we'd get a healthy healthy score. Um, so I'd have to have both of them, and, and obviously with his, with his record as, as, as an all-rounder, um, which is second to none. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult to uh, argue against that, but I'm going to, actually. <laughs> I'm going to pick Flintoff at number seven, and I know that a lot of people will say, well, how can you ignore Botham's incredible skills and match-winning ability, and it's very difficult. 
I would never ignore it in a test match because I think his skill as a bowler, especially in a test match, was invaluable. But in one-day cricket, you need control, I think, more than anything. And that's what Flintoff would give me with his bowling. He was incredibly consistent as a bowler. Obviously, he had that bit of extra pace as well, which is invaluable in stopping batsmen from smashing it over deep mid-wicket. So he could bowl that back of a length into the ribs, even get the bouncers going at 90 miles an hour. So I've selected Flintoff at number seven with a sort of big apology to, to Beefy and Stokes, actually, because you know both of them are also unbelievably brilliant all-rounders who would all win a match. But I just wanted to choose one. And so for this, for one-day cricket, I've gone for Freddie. Well, the interesting thing about Flintoff, you look at the stats, his stats are better than Ian Botham's, both bowling... And batting is a, a much higher batting average. Ian Botham's highest... 23, wasn't it, his average? Yeah, and his highest score in one-day cricket was 79. His average not great. And Flintoff's stats, better for bowling as well. Uh, Ian Botham, a little bit more economical, but you, you could argue that players played fewer shots in those days than, than when Andrew Flintoff played. Um, Flintoff play, obviously played more than Ian Botham and... His average is much better. His, his, his strike rate is... Would you have both, then? Would you have Flintoff and Botham? <sighs> well, I'm, I'm contemplating it. I'm contemplating having both, but I don't want to leave out Ben Stokes because I think he's one of the most talented cricketers, the most exciting cricketers I've ever seen play for England. And you've got Stokes in I've your got, team, I've you? got Stokes in mine. I've gone Botham and Stokes. Seven and eight, yeah. At seven and eight. OK. Um, following Butler, I just think it's an exciting six, seven and eight and, and anything can happen in that respect. Um, and I haven't got room for Fred, although... And, and the reason I've gone for Botham ahead of Flintoff is that Ian Botham had this ability to make something happen yeah. um, and, and, and took players along with him. Um, sometimes it wouldn't work and he gets smashed. Then that depends on having a good captain, getting him out of the attack in those situations and bringing on someone that's going to be more attritional, be a little bit more defensive in the way they bowl to drag it back and, 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 and squeeze it again. And then when there's an option of, of bringing Ian back into the attack to make something happen, then, then, then you bring Ian into the attack. You know, he is someone that, if a partnership develops, you can throw the ball to Ian and you, you know either runs are going to come along a bit quicker or he's going to get a wicket. Um, and, and that's why I would have him in the side He's certainly of got that sort Freddy. of X factor, hasn't he? In fact, I haven't picked Stokes. Uh, I picked you, a number eight, Embry, because I, I just think, I mean, maybe you're a bit high at number eight as a batsman, but certainly I want that control that you offered as a bowler. And actually, you know, there's one simple reason why I'm picking Embers, uh, because he bowled the best last over in a one-day match I've ever seen. Zimbabwe required one to win. It was when we were on tour there, and you bowled a maiden. And it, it wasn't a completely inadequate batsman. It was a decent batsman who was 50-odd not out, and you bowled six Yorkers, yeah, and yeah. he couldn't, he couldn't yeah. hit any of them off the square. And it, it, the match ended as a tie. Obviously, I'm not looking for you necessarily to bowl at the death, but I just think for, of all the spinners around who have offered the best control, you are the one. And Graham Swan obviously has, would have his merits, but I, I've got one black mark against him. He never bowled in a power play, and he never wanted to. I'm not sure why, but he never sort of offered himself forward. Right, I'm going to bowl in this first ten overs. The fast bowlers are going around the park. I'm going to come on and bowl. He just never wanted to play that role, and I'm sure you would have done. No, absolutely, and, and I think... I can thank Mike Gadding to some extent in, in one-day cricket because he was the one that said, look, I'd like you to bowl at the end. Um, and I did bowl 
Yorkers at the end, held the ball across the seam, looked as though I had a sort of cocked my wrist a little bit, but I actually kept my, fit and my hand behind the ball and I just looked to fire up Yorkers and it, it, it tended to work. I was successful, I picked up wickets um, because people were trying to, trying to slog me being a spinner, but I wasn't bowling spinner, I was bowling little Yorker medium paces. Um, and then I'd have a bowl at a change of pace if I, if I felt that um, a batsman was getting too used to it. Um, very kind of you to pick me, Simon. I see you I must pick admit, yourself as well. I'd, well, I've got myself <laughs> Moen Ali because I think Moen Ali has done a fantastic job for England in one-day cricket. Um, and there's no question that he's a much better batsman than what I will ever be. Um, and he's, got the, he's, he's a player that's got the ability to score 100. Um, mm. a little bit, I'm a little bit disappointed he doesn't do a lot better down the, further down the order, but I think that's just the way the current side play at the moment it's this everyone goes hard um, and if they come off then then England do get a good score and he does take wickets and he does get wickets phenomenal actually and he bowls in the power play you know he bowls whenever people ask him to so yeah, yeah. he's got a great attitude in that sense but I've got me stroke Moeen Ali okay um, in that respect mm-hmm. um, what about you Simon well I've got John as well yeah it, okay. but not at number 8 I've got him down at number 10 mm. uh, have you not seen his little paddle falling <laughs> sweep well he's an incredibly effective player to have come in at number 10 you think you're right through a team as Australia thought they were through England yesterday and actually in came Rashid and did really well supporting Joss Butler and that's the whole thing about one day cricket these days you bat all the way down so I would have John in at number 10. His, uh, his figures stack up really well against the, the people we've talked about. And the other thing I'd say about Graham, Graham Swan, is that he ne- actually never really enjoyed one-day cricket <laughs> very much. I mean, he, he confesses himself, you know, I didn't really enjoy playing one-day international cricket. So I'm not going to put him in, although, I mean, it's a, re- it's a real toss-up. Moen... I'll tell him you said that. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell him myself. Moen, John and Graham Swan, it's almost hard, hard to separate. They give you different things. I think uh, the reason I've gone for John, greater control, just that mm. greater control. And, and sort of know-how. OK, it sounds like you've got a tick there, Embers, which is a nice thing to hear from. Well, that's um, very kind of you. Yeah, now, we've got three to go. Uh, well, I've got three to go. So, so a spinner and two seamers I've got left. Um, I've gone for Philip de Freitas at number nine because I thought he was a deceptive bowler who took early wickets and bowled a bit quicker than you thought. He got the ball to move around. He was very fit. He was a brilliant fielder and he could hit... 20 off and over at the end of the innings. So I just thought for multi multi-dimensional ability and that sort of bit of natural flair, actually, uh, sort of zippy bowling and incredible ability to hit the ball in bizarre places and dynamic fielding, I've, I've gone for him at number nine. Well, you'll be pleased to know that I've gone for him at number nine. <laughs> we agree well, with so more <laughs> about this now than we've ever agreed in the past. I know, I know. Um, that's unbelievable, and, and, and for exactly the same reason, Simon, that, that you've mentioned there. He, he can finish an innings. Um, he did have a partnership with Lammy in the 86 game to, to, to get England in a position to win, which Lammy finished off. But as you say, as, as, as a seam bowler, as an opening bowler, he got the ball to swing. He could bowl at a good pace. You know, he, he wasn't 90 miles an hour, but he was certainly middle to late sort of slippery, 80s. Slippery, wasn't he? And he, he, he was slippery. He was very, very good in the outfield. Um, had a good pair of hands, had a good throwing arm. Good character. Um, Tough under pressure. That would be my one I thing, think, I yeah, that, that, that might be one thing that you might question. Um, but if he threw in the ball, he'd, he'd, he'd want to bowl and he'd, 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 he'd try his heart out. So, But I've got him down purely mm. for... And, and, and also his, his all-round ability as well, because mm. he's someone that at the back end of the innings can get you a 30 or 40 very, very quickly. Well, I've gone for Darren Goff. Mm. 
you might well have gone for him I've, I've as well. As Darren well, Goff yeah. is my number 11. I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking about the batting order yeah. here, but yeah. I, uh, we're looking at bowlers. We've, we've, we're talking about Stokes and Botham and Flintoff. One of my other pace bowlers is, is Darren Goff. For me, absolutely nailed on. 158 matches, 234 wickets, second most ever by an England bowler. He could bowl those Yorkers and a good economy rate as well. So he, he's in there as one of my yeah, bank bowlers. I, I, me too, actually. And just because he, he had that sort of naked pace, brilliant at, at Yorkers at the death, and loved bowling, loved the challenge, really, of a one-day game, would try things as well, was quite imaginative, great character in the team. So, Goff for me. You haven't got Goff, Embers, but maybe you're going to change your mind. No, 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 no I'm not. Um, but, but, again, I can, I can see the reasons why, why you've gone for Goff. Um, it was the one concern I have in the side that I've picked. I've gone more all-rounders and gone depth yeah. in batting. And my one worry was I need a quality opening bowler. Um, and that's what I've, I'd, I'd lack in my side. Um, and if I was going to bring someone in in a 12 or 13, then that, that person would be, would be probably goffy. OK, so we've got uh, one place left, haven't we, now? I think we've kind of gone round the yeah, house I mean, a little bit with the bowlers. It depends. How, it depends whether we're going to go four formation. and one or yeah. three and two with with perhaps you know Root or to bowl some spinners mm. or Graham Gooch to bowl some spinners. So you, then, you have seven bowlers if that's the case. So are we going to go four and one or are we going to go three and two? Because if, if it's three and two, then I think you've got to have Rashid yeah. in there. Who's, well, I think we're trying to play a game on. A surface which maybe just offers a little bit of spin. It offers a little bit for everyone. So we're not talking about Trent Bridge here or some tiny postage stamp ground. We're talking about a ground where, you know, there's a little bit of movement early on for the bowlers. So the batsmen have got to be have decent technique, but then it flattens out, and then maybe there's just a hint of spin towards the end of the innings. So definitely two spinners, I think, is important to have a balanced side. So who would your second spinner be? Adil Rashid. Yeah. Me too. Because he offers and you something me. different. And yeah. me. And yeah. I, think, I think someone that's got the ability to make the ball go both ways, in a situation when a, a side are chasing and you've got to go hunting a bowler and you don't always pick the Google. He bowls a good Google. And if you don't pick it, then, you, then you're in trouble. If you come down a wicket to him and he bowls that ball just back of a length and you're not too sure which way it's going, you know, he's got you. Um, and, and I... You know, leg spinners around the world, uh, flavour of the month at the moment, and all in in one day cricket. And Rashid to me um, would be in in the in my yeah, side. And I, I really like the way he's developed because there were times in the last few years where you felt mm, he's he's bowled well, and then another day he doesn't bowl so well, and then even in a spell he might bowl two or three long hops and a full toss and go for too many runs and they'd have to be taken off and brought back later and all that. But now they can trust him, I think. And he even bowled in the last few overs in, in one of those five games against the Australians. They trust him at the end of the innings to land it. And his deceptions have improved massively. No-one still seems to be able to properly pick his googly. Well, one or two people have, but not that many can pick his googly because he mixes the seam up and his leggy and his googly look quite the same from a distance because he doesn't invert his hand as much or his wrist as much as some leg spinners. So uh, his disguises are as good as his control now and he, he, he takes so many wickets that I, I find it hard to not include him. Yeah, I agree. One thing I would say about Rashid, with the, with the players that we've picked, it's mm. also a fantastic fielding side as well. Um, there's a lot of a lot of guys with good throwing arms, quick around the field, and I think there's, if there's one 
weakness that Rashid has got. I think mm. it's in that department mm. because mm. he can bat a little bit, and you might have him in this side at banner number eleven. Um, so his yeah. runs really in that position are going to be irrelative, and it's very much a support role mm. um, as, as as opposed to anything else. But I think for what he gives you in that variety in the bowling is, is more than worth his place in the side. OK, so um, let's how, see... How do we settle on the all-rounders? Um, yes, it's a difficult one. Is, that, well, I got Stokes in there, you see, because yeah. I didn't have Goffey. So I, I, I went both from Stokes. Perhaps I've gone too much into... I mean, Stokes, to me, has still got a bit to prove because yeah. he hasn't played a huge well, amount I, I of one-day cricket. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and he, <clears throat> he's only just started to get to grips with it, really, in the last year. And since then, he's been injured and missing because of that court appearance and so on. So... You know, he hasn't. I don't think he's quite proven himself as a one-day cricketer yet. Although there's no doubt of, uh, of his talent. So we, we're agreed on an, an all-rounder at number seven. Both them. You've got both them. You've got both. I'm them. happy to concede both. Oh, I'm very loath to leave Ben Stokes out of the England side, oh, yeah. but I don't see how he quite fits in at the moment. Uh, you know, if you push comes to, you could say, well, he, he could come in instead of. Gooch or Root, you could uh, drop one of those out, but I, I don't see how. Have you got Freddie? I've remember. got Flintoff, definitely, absolutely, one hundred percent. I think we go Flintoff, both them seven, eight, then uh, Embry nine, De Freitas ten. Change that around. De Freitas nine, Embry ten. Dangerous is a much more dang- <laughs> dangerous player. You haven't got. I haven't got. I haven't got De Freitas. I've got Rashid Embry Goff as my. Nine, yeah. ten, eleven. We have to have Rashid in it, I think. So, and we have got. We've all gone for Darren Goff. No, we haven't, have we? N- no. Well, well, you've gone for you've gone for Darren Goff. I've gone for Darren Goff. Embers I did. I went for Stokes. Yeah. Well, um, so we so haven't really got a consensus there, have we? So, well, I, you know, I, maybe I should um, cast the chairman's vote here, and I think I agree with you, Botham and Flintoff. What a fantastic seven and eight that is, which means you might have to ditch Philip De Freitas. And have Rashid and Goff as your 10 and 11, with you at number 9, Ernie. So, well done. You got in. You got universal votes from us. Well, yeah, I mean... But you could have I did, I um, did. one of Botham and, and Flintoff, and then include De Freitas. It's quite easy to pick a 13, isn't it, or a 14. It's very hard to get an 11. I mean, obviously, the conditions... You look at the conditions well, of I the day. I think that's very important, because if you get a hard... Australian wicket that is going to be flat and it's not going to turn. You might go in one 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 spinner, mm. and you want the extra seamer. You've dropped yourself already, have you? <laughs> I probably would be dropped for Rashid. Although I think I would give more control, control. Um, if if all of a sudden all the bowlers are coming along at the bowling at the same pace, mm. and you're you'll want someone to try and squeeze a little bit. Then I think I would be probably a better option than Rashid. I think if the wicket turned a little bit more. Um, then I think Rashid would be a, a better option in that respect. One person we have omitted, we haven't even mentioned, and I'm going to mention him now, is England's leading wicket-taker of all time in one-day international cricket, who is... Jimmy. Jimmy Anderson. And I just... I, I, I'm afraid, with, if we're playing with a modern kookaburra, no, he's, he's not v- valid because he's not going to swing the ball. He's going to be cannon fodder. And brilliant bowler that he is, he needs some kind of... Uh, help with the ball to make it move and the kookaburra does nothing. With the modern ball he's redundant. I just thought he was worth throwing in because we, we've talked about all the other top class players that have played for England but actually what we didn't mention was the man who's taken the most ever wickets for England yeah. in one day international cricket. We mentioned Owen Morgan scored the most runs but not Anderson taking the most wickets but have we got some sort of a team there? I mean there's going to be, there's going to be lots of debate out there and people will have a go and say, no, you should have picked him instead of him. Yeah, well, that's what we want you to do. So now that you've listened to our ramblings, uh, please enter your own best all-time England one-day side and we're going to pick 
your selections, put them all together and come up with the, the public vote. Yes. So we shall just say what our team is, uh, and it is Triscothic, Bearstow, Gooch at three, Root at four, Kevin Peterson at five, Joss Butler at six, Botham at seven, Flintoff or Defratus at eight, Embury nine, Rashid ten, Goff eleven. Pretty good team. I would give the current side a good game. Wouldn't and it? also, lots of flexibility to move batsmen around in that order as well, depending on the situation of the game. You know, it may be that I mean the way that England use Root at the moment. If, if, if all of a sudden the top three get runs on the board and you've got 15, 20 overs to go, you might you you won't go along with Root. You'll you'll get some of those good strikers of the ball coming in before him. You'll certainly get KP in before him and Josh Butler in before him and probably both of them and Flint off as well. Um, and then if we will lose two or three quick wickets, then Root comes in and. And you know, remember the World Cup that Sri Lanka won with Mahanama coming in at number seven, um, an opening batsman. They dropped him down there. Jaisaria smashed it around. They lost early wickets, and all of a sudden Mahanama would be there. We're still with 20 overs to go, and end up with a little 50, 60 not out, which enabled Sri Lanka to get a score. So there's a lot of flexibility there with the with, with the batting order. Well, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed that. And as I say, if you enter your own team to either at the analyst on Twitter or cricket underscore man with a double N and we'll collate those results and next Monday we'll tell you what the public vote was. But in the meantime, enjoy whatever cricket is out there. Enjoy the sunshine. Embers, thanks for your time and mind your P's and Q's when you get down to the, the President's committee room. <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> You're Simon. not swearing these days, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I bet. No, I bet I've got I, my I fingers crossed. <laughs> Simon, thanks for your time and thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks very much for listening. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.